Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to episode 296 of Geek Town Radio. I'm back this week with... How are you doing? Oh, I'm all right, David. How are you doing? I'm very, very well, thanks. A year older, but apart from that, I'm okay. <laughs> As we pointed out last week, pretty much everybody that's involved in the show has had a birthday over either coming up or over the last couple of weeks. So yes, don't feel a year older, but you know. <laughs> so uh, what have you been up to the last few weeks? Well, as you can see from my list, I've been spending quite a lot of time on Apple TV+. Plus. Yes. Because I've been watching Defending Jacob, which yeah. I finished the other day, which is a limited series. Watched Elliot Page's interview with uh, Oprah which yeah. came out on Friday and uh, Mythic Quest which I also finished the, the whole run of oh wow um, yeah like the two special episodes and all of that so I'm looking forward to season two and then there's a new show called uh, The Mosquito Coast which is kind of like Apple trying to do a sort of Ozark Breaking Bad type of thing okay uh, with uh, Justin Theroux for those yeah. of you that watched The Leftovers because not that many people did but it was a great show mm. uh, he was the, the lead character in that show i just keep using my free year of apple tv which i think ends in about december or, or, or so so i've still got it for a good few months yet but uh they just keep pulling me in show after show i liked all of these things here that i, that I watched uh some to different degrees you know i didn't like them all exactly the same but yeah they just keep making really really great shows there's still a few shows for me on there to kind of watch you know there's things like c and for all mankind and there's things like dickinson and a bunch of of other shows as well yeah. they just keep making really really great shows uh, so I'll go through them one by one uh, Defending Jacob is this show that's got uh, Chris Evans in it he plays this dad and uh, is kind of a like detective he has this son that goes to this school and there's obviously the wife so that's like the three of them in, in this family kid gets murdered at or near Jacob's school like the murder takes place in these sort of woods obviously the kid that was murdered went to the same school as Jacob and like was kind of sort of friends with him or like knew him and like there's certain evidence which points to Jacob may or may not have, have done it and then it becomes a case of you know defending Jacob there's obviously this like conflict of interest kind of thing because the detectives that's put on the case is Chris Evans character and obviously he's the dad of one of the of there's different yeah. suspects but Jacob is kind of like the main suspect uh, so there's obviously like tension there as to like okay is he going to try and defend his son too much because it's his son and not like a different kid it's really really good I enjoyed it quite a lot uh, most 
most of the way through. I thought it was a little bit long, maybe. It's only eight episodes. They're about say, 45 minutes to an hour each, roughly. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a little bit of sort of slowdown in the middle, and it, it has kind of a balancing act where it's trying to sort of, you know, obviously tell the basics of this murder case and like analyze all the evidence. But it's also got a lot of characters to develop, you know, mainly the three family characters and then some others outside of that. And then there's these sort of little like flash forward type of things as well. I won't say anything about that because it will kind of maybe spoil a few things. So you've got that kind of going on, but the flash forward kind of gives you clues as to, okay, maybe this thing did or didn't happen or whatever, like what's, what's kind of the situation there. I watched a few different people's reviews. I watched like Chris Stuckman's review on, on YouTube and, and a few others as well. People seem to be kind of divided on the ending. Right. I thought the ending was was good. It didn't quite do everything it possibly should have. I don't want to give too much more away than that. I thought the ending was fairly good, but then I went and watched like Chris Stuckman's review and he kind of like changed my mind a little bit on it, but still kind of, <laughs> I was still kind of on the same page with it. But overall, I thought it was a great show. Um, I think it's just going to depend on maybe what you think of the ending because that's ultimately, you know, the right. climax of the whole story. But production values was great. Acting is, you know, off the charts and everything. And I thought it was was quite good in the end. So good. Uh, that was the first one. Mythic Quest, which I checked out. I know that you've spoken about it. I love that show, yeah. Uh, a few times as well. well uh, I started watching it and it is very much if you took Silicon Valley and instead of this sort of like general sort of company and that, if you took that out and put a video game company in mm-hmm. there instead, it's very much got that sort of workspace office kind of thing and great chemistry between the characters because the overall kind of plot for the show is okay what are they going to do to Mythic Quest to you know make it as successful as they can and then you've just got the characters around that that are sort of bouncing off each other and making different decisions some of which they agree and disagree with one of the biggest standout things about the show I think the chemistry between the cast is fantastic yeah between the characters and that my favorite character I did, I did tweet this out when I was when I was watching the first few episodes I really liked uh, Ashley Birch's Rachel that that character right uh, she's one of the sort of she's like the game tester she tries to see yeah. if like the game's got bugs and that sort of thing and she works alongside uh, some other different characters as well but I've thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it I finished it in like three days um, which, which was great I mean it's, it's only short there's like what 11 episodes in, in total because there's two sort of specials 11 or 12 or something yeah. and they're about half an hour each some of the episodes are a little bit longer but um, just kept going and going with it and just you know it was funny it was energetic interesting I really like to see the other references they have to like other games because they've got certain like posters and cardboard cutouts of other things and yeah. they even reference certain other games like Red Dead Redemption Assassin's Creed and I really kind of connected with it obviously on that on that level quite a lot because I thought oh they're talking about this this game that I've, I've played or, or whatever but no I thought it was just just fantastic really really did enjoy that that's back is it next week I think uh, it's the ninth, yeah uh, it? seventh seventh it is seventh. Um, it'll okay. be it'll be a Friday whatever the Friday is but it's the seventh of May I think it is <laughs> another um, Friday yes of course it is uh, <laughs> yeah. so yeah I mean I'm a huge huge fan of this show the lockdown episode really I really enjoyed that is, one yeah it, it really heartbreaking towards the end as well you know mm. when yeah. there's a, a point where Poppy's who is the technical lead mm. she's really struggling and there's just some beautiful moments in that it was it was so wonderfully done I mean it is all basically done through Zoom calls but they they did a, such a phenomenal job putting that to, that particularly that episode together I thought was was brilliant I mean I think the whole show is really really well put together it's very very funny it's from the people that did uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia is some of the people behind it and it, it, it's just beautiful a really really funny but has some lovely lovely moments in it I'm thoroughly thoroughly enjoy that show it's it's well mm-hmm. well worth watching yeah it's been a good kind of replacement for something 
like Silicon Valley or yeah. like a community. You can almost put like, I mean, community is a bit more different and sort of meta. Obviously, yeah. it, refer- it starts referencing itself towards the end of the show. But uh, <laughs> it, it, it's kind of got that feel to it as well, which I think is just is just great. And yeah, that quarantine episode, like from minute one to, to the last minute of, of that episode, there's, they're kind of limited as to what they can work with. But again, I think it's that chemistry between that cast and those yeah. characters that really, really just, just uh, shines through. So, because mm-hmm. um, I saw the date because it said uh, season two, May 7th, whatever it was. And I thought, hey, I can probably catch up before that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to when season two comes out. So that was great. The other thing that I watched, the uh, Mosquito Coast, which is uh, basically Justin Thoreau plays as this character and he's in some financial trouble. He's trying to get away to Mexico. I think he said Mexico with their family because the situation's gotten too much. Uh, he can't quite get enough money together and then things kind of go from there. And my biggest criticism of the show and uh, Alan Sippermore also sort of tweeted about this in I think his uh, review and stuff it is a little bit slow uh, that the first two episodes they put the first two out to to begin with which I think was a good idea because once you finish those two episodes you do feel like it's fully moved somewhere Mm. both episodes are an hour each it does feel a little bit long in in certain places but once it gets to the point that it's trying to get to it's really really good and sort of the last it's all kind of a bit of a build up to the last 15-20 minutes of the second episode where something kind of big sort of happens and then it really kind of kicks on from there so I quite enjoyed that have you seen any of that at all I haven't no uh interesting cast though uh Justin Thoreau actually nephew of the guy that wrote the original book who is a guy called Paul Thoreau apparently oh. I don't know whether nepotism took a part in, in him getting the part in that but uh he's the nephew of the author because it's it's a f- book which has been made into a film previously as well so uh-huh. you know people may have heard of Muskie Co Coast before but Melissa George is in there which people of my age will know from home and away but she's been a whole bunch of other things <laughs> as well and Ian Hart is in there as well who's a phenomenal actor so there's there's some good names in that cast list so it might be one that I'll, I'll go and check out at some point the person that developed it as well is Neil Cross who's the guy that created Luther the uh, BBC drama okay. Idris okay. Elba drama yeah I didn't really sort of look at I, d- I just sort of watched it I didn't really look at any of like, the credits or, yeah. or anything so because uh, all I heard was it's kind of like Breaking Bad a little bit slow and it's got Justin Theroux in it and it's on Apple so I thought okay I'll check it out yeah <laughs> so um, but yeah other than it being a little bit slow I thought it was uh, very very good it, it has got that Breaking Bad Ozark kind of feel to it as well so mm-hmm. that was pretty good uh, the last thing is uh, yeah Elliot Page did his interview with uh, Oprah she's got her own I think it's called Conversations or something with yeah. Oprah talking about his uh, transgender journey and everything I did do a, a podcast about this on Saturday but I thought I should bring it up here as well really really interesting and really sort of um, I, I personally myself found it quite sort of educational because we're all mm-hmm. kind of aware of you know obviously the LGBTQ community and uh, the struggles they go through and obviously you know things like online hate and uh, being comfortable in your own sort of body and accepting yourself for um, you know wanting to sort of feel different and that kind of thing but one thing that really still and I'm still thinking about the interview now which I think is a very good thing actually as well Mm. one thing that really sticks out to me is some of these specific things that Elliot talked about you know from his kind of younger age right up until recently and stuff and some of the very specific kind of things that you wouldn't necessarily think about in terms of some of the issues that uh, the transgender community would kind of go through and as I said kind of on my own podcast I don't know if that's like a fault of myself that I hadn't thought about those issues but that's where kind of the educational part came to me it got me Mm. to sort of think about other issues that I may not have thought about before Um, and I thought that was really really good but yeah it was you know quite emotional in certain places very educational and uh, I think it's an important 
thing to to watch as well. So yeah. um, that was really really good. Yeah, I watched this as well because I hadn't realised it was on there until you sort of mentioned you were going to watch it later. And I thought, oh, I'll go and uh-huh. check that out. Very interesting to hear him talk about things like the red carpet stuff, where yeah, yeah. he was doing press for uh, it Inception. was the, yeah, it was Inception, and how he's got a manager who he absolutely loves, and they're laying out dresses for him to go and do these red carpet things. And there's a point where he picked a dress out that he had to wear in like have him wearing heels and he's so uncomfortable in that sort of stuff because it's not him and mm-hmm. talking about yeah. just being really uncomfortable looking in the mirror and it's like this this isn't how I see me you know uh, and yeah. that sort of stuff stuff like that you don't really think about as somebody who isn't dealing with those sort of issues it's it was quite sort of interesting just hearing why they've gone down the route they've gone down and how it is to live like that and and know from a young age it was really interesting yeah like you say very educational in terms of just getting inside of the understanding of of it mm-hmm. so i'm i'm very very glad he did that interview also very happy to hear that they're, they're shooting the uh next season of um, umbrella academy they're in the middle of doing yeah, that yeah. and how supportive, that, and supportive yeah. the cast have been there that that's sort of interesting as well because of course the character that he plays vanya in umbrella academy is a female character and i'd be interested to know how they're handling that moving forward mm. um i mean vanya's always been fairly androgynous in in terms of the clothes that the character wears so whether he's still okay playing it that way or whether they do something because I mean it's a sort of fantasy sci-fi show anyway so it's quite possible that you could end up having the character transition in some way as well maybe, I, d- I don't know I don't know how they're going to handle that That's that'll be sort of interesting coming into the new season but um, I'm really happy for him that he seems to be certainly on a, on a path that makes him a lot happier than you know he has been in a very very long time and mm-hmm. he feels like himself which is the important thing it is a really really interesting interview that and just to educate yourself a bit more about a subject i knew periphery stuff but didn't really know that much about so uh it's, it's a really uh interesting interview it's well well worth listening to yeah that's uh, everything i've been i mean i've been watching other things but i thought i'd mainly throw all my uh, apple tv yeah. plus stuff in so really really good stuff on uh, apple tv plus and there's things i haven't seen on there yet so yes yeah uh, that's my side of things how about you well obviously the line of duty finale last night which which I enjoyed. I know it's had a mixed reaction. I think it's fair to say where they ended last night. Uh, the, the reaction on Twitter was not that friendly in terms of they revealed, I obviously won't say who the character was, but yeah, the, the long running story of who is the fourth man or who is H. There is some conclusion to that, which is sort of the conclusion of the arc of the entire run of the series so far, you know, because that's something that's permeated every single season. So they saw sort of seem to manage to conclude that and a lot of people are up in arms because they didn't like where it went and I'm sort of of the opinion that we don't know if it's going to come back for another season yet you know people are sort of going oh well you know how can you end it there that's terrible and I'm sort of more of the opinion like I think he's left that somewhat open in that I'm not convinced that that is over there is enough that he's left hanging around after 
after that that you could make it easily make another season and it will be different but that sort of almost feels like yes that is kind of a resolution to one plot arc but I think it also potentially kicks off another arc as well so I'm sort of quite interested to see whether they do bring it back and whether it, it does return for another season whether they take a bit of a break I mean there's usually a couple of years in between seasons anyway I'm intrigued to see whether they do actually continue that story or not because I think there is enough there that you could actually carry on had the largest audience for the BBC in, outside of soaps in 20 years I think apparently that finale episode so uh, fairly mm. well watched I think it's fair to say but I was okay with what they did with it so as somebody who hasn't seen the show yet I have a couple of questions about sort of okay so some people have said this is the finale some of them haven't there's two different sides to sort of look at that first of all does BBC want to do another season mm-hmm. well probably obviously the ratings are very very good yeah the other part is that the creators and the writers I mean I don't know anybody's like name that's even involved in the show or whatever but surely if you get to a place where you've concluded a part of a story but then you have other things left over you've really got to have in your mind okay if we've got these other things that are left okay what are we doing with those and then you make another season out of that to me it's less of a question of should we make another season do we have an, a story for it which by what you're describing sounds like they do but if BBC wanted to which they probably would and you've got more ideas for the rest of the part of the story hasn't been told then surely the answer should just automatically be yes I think the thing with Line of Duty is the fact that that episode could serve as a series finale and wrap everything up but it's kind of it's a little bit of a downer place to end it if that is where they end everything and it sort of makes me think that maybe they have got an idea for another season which adds a bit more I don't know redemption to that story Um, Uh the sort of conclusion to that arc which has been running for what is six seasons or whatever it is now the conclusion that they gave us for that feels a bit like it could potentially be somewhat of a fake out and it feels like there is more that you could do with it because of where it ends and if they do stop it there I mean fine you can do that but I would like to see another season where there is a bit more kind of redemption after that and it's kind of difficult to talk about without giving anything away but uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I, I think there is potentially another season in this and I don't think that's the end. I think that's the end. I mean, he's from Jeb Mercurio, who's a fantastic writer. I mean, he's done an amazing job on the previous seasons and on this season. I mean, with the exception of how maybe he ended it, but, and obviously Bodyguard was a phenomenal, phenomenal show. So he's a brilliant, brilliant writer. I, and I, I kind of think that he maybe knew that this might be a bit controversial and could possibly possibly come back with another season for it but I, I don't know it sounds a little bit then like the show kind of needs just one more season to completely finish yeah. what was what was left the thing is the way he's written it is it does sort of round everything off but there is enough <laughs> it, it is kind of rounded off and ended but it ends on a in, in somewhat of a down place and you kind of think yeah I mean he could just decide no I'm going to end it there but there is a possibility that there are bits of the story you could pick up and move on and maybe end on in a kind of slightly happier place and I think it would be doable and I don't know I don't know what he's got in his mind I don't know whether he, he has decided that's it or whether he is going to come back again but uh, I certainly think it would be possible. This reminds me a lot of how 24 quote unquote finished 
finished actually mm. now, now as you're kind of going through and describing sort of a lot of yes. things were wrapped up but there was this one thing that like okay you don't have to address that but you probably should just because yeah. there's there's like an indication of what the ending is and i get that if you want to have people guessing a little bit more at your ending and there's a somewhat obvious answer but not completely clear answer it was just making me think a lot about well the last time we saw 24 basically yeah. and how, how that kind of finished off yeah just the way he ends it and the character reveal and stuff like, makes me think that they possibly have got more ideas you know jed mercurio has more ideas for what he could do i'll be interested to see whether they do announce another season for that mm-hmm. but um certainly line of duty is a phenomenal phenomenal piece of work and hopefully we'll see another season of it but we'll, we'll have to wait and see what they announce in terms of other stuff shadow and bone i finished the entire season of that i talked quite a bit about that last week having watched the first couple of episodes but really enjoyed that series it's an interesting world that they've set up i mean it's based on these grishaverse novels got a lot of sort of steampunky kind of magic stuff going on ends that in a kind of interesting place as well uh, i'm not going to go back over what the story is because it's it's very dense that story and there are a lot of things going on you've got two or three plot lines kind of weaved together in terms of structure there's a little bit of the sort of game of thrones thing going on of like okay you've got a bunch of people over here doing one thing you've got a bunch of people over here doing something else uh-huh. eventually they come together i really like where they went with that story and how they ended up crafting and pulling those people together there's kind of an interesting twist in it as well and i've not read any of the books i know people love love the books so i'm hoping that, that i mean it's netflix so you never know but i'm hoping that that got enough of an audience to bring back for uh, another season because uh, the eight episodes that have gone out i thought we were uh, really really solid and it does end it in a place because it's following the books it ends it in a place which can kind of carry on so uh, i'd be interested to see more of that moving forward but i really enjoyed that first season if you like those sort of fantasy dramas it is well well worth watching that one i i really enjoyed it because they can be very up and down there's quite a lot of those sort of mm. teen fantasy drama things around but uh yeah shadow and bone i think is, is definitely one that's worth watching in terms of other things uh, rookie came back solid start the first episode feels very much like it sort of is the one that was left over from the finale of you know that should have been the finale of last season it's a good solid conclusion to that and next week should sort of start off the new plot line i'm not sure whether it was an episode that was left over i can't remember whether they got shut down by by the pandemic or not but uh, it's certainly that is it's the conclusion to the arc that was running in the previous season so uh, the it's a good opening episode and i mean i love nathan philly and i really like that show and uh, we'll see sort of where it goes on from there and invincible of course finished this week which you and me did a podcast on it mm-hmm. just the phenomenal finale on that show i mean it's one of the best superhero shows around at the moment i really do think that i mean it despite it, it being an animated not live action series i think they did a superb job with it and that finale is brutal in places mm-hmm. i mean it's not <laughs> something that kids should be watching most definitely might be an animated superhero series but do not let your children watch it it's it's really really violent mm-hmm. and I, I mean i brought up a debate between the two of us about do we think the boys or invincible is more violent so put that into sort of context yeah. with that i suppose out of the two of them yes the boys is more visceral because it's live action but the invincible i, I think 
overall, I mean, if you did Invincible in live action, it would be the more violent show. It's just it gets away with it because it's in animation. But it is. I mean, it's, mm. it's vicious, that finale. And it's a superbly written story. Just been renewed for two more seasons. So I'm really interested to see where they go with that. And the other big news this week, which I think we, we kind of have to talk about, Noel Clark, who people will know from the TV show Bulletproof and, of course, Doctor Who and, uh, what is it, Viewpoint, the ITV drama which was running, had a bunch of accusations made towards him from various female actors and staff that he'd worked with. There was a, a whole string of accusations from 20 different people that uh, came out in a report in The Guardian. He's obviously, they're all alleged. I mean, he's denying all of them or all but one of them, I think. I mean... <sighs> It's one of those things that I would always like to say innocent until proven guilty. But when 20 people come forward and you read through the Guardian article, it is incredibly well researched and seems very well backed up. And it was then followed up by not only him getting kicked off the board of his own company, he had his BAFTA status removed, uh, he had his BAFTA award taken off him. ITV pulled the final episode of Viewpoint off the live broadcast, although they did leave it on the hub, which I think... Was was sort of the best compromise they could come up with so people could watch the final episode if they wanted to. Bulletproof season four, which had been commissioned, has now been put on hold indefinitely. And also the moment this news came out, there were a lot of other fairly high profile people like Michaela Cole in the industry that were kind of saying along the lines of, well, yeah, this does ring true from my experience. So yes, these are all alleged things, but it really, really does not look good for him. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's important that those people, you know, are listened to and whenever they do go back to work on, whether it's a TV or film or any any kind of workplace or even, you know, uh, any any sort of place at all that they feel comfortable and able to work in, in those sorts of places or just, you know, feel comfortable sort of um, in general, I think is very important. He did say himself about like, he doesn't quite sort of think what he did was serious, but he knows he needs sort of education, uh, which I think clearly he does kind of need to be yeah. educated on these on these issues and things. I think the general statement that he himself put out was a little bit odd and sort of confusing. Yes. Almost, almost sort of saying like, hey, I kind of know what I did was kind of bad, but I didn't think it was as bad as what I did, but I still need to be educated. It was like, okay, you're kind of half admitting that you need help, but yeah. you're sort of not quite fully acknowledging that what you did was as bad as what it actually is, which is, which is a bit strange because it's not like he's sort of young or new to this industry or to, you know, whatever. Like he's been doing this a long, long time and he should, he should know the standards of which he should have to go by in terms of making people feel comfortable in the workplace or just, you know, being a nice person. Um, yeah. he, he should kind of know, you know, as an adult, he should know what, what he's doing and what's sort of right and wrong. So at the end of the day, I hope that, you know, the appropriate punishment is given to him. Obviously, a bunch of things have happened so far, like the episodes getting pulled and the other things you just sort of mentioned. I do hope that the victims are able to get whatever they sort of need to out of the situation and again, just be, be able to feel comfortable the next time they go to work on any sort of set because they should be able to you know make the entertainment that they do and not feel that there are in any sort of dangerous situation so that's kind of my thoughts on it but i I just thought that in general his statement was just a bit strange yes do you agree with all of that absolutely we don't know what the resolution of this is going to be i believe one of the cases at least has been referred to the police so we'll see what the outcome of that is but the response from the industry was they seem to be taking it extremely seriously which is a good thing to see we'll see what the outcome is of this 
but I don't see how he comes back from this. It's incredibly disappointing to see somebody who he should know better, you know. And the fact is, if it had been one or two people, you can go, okay, you know, some people had a bad experience, but 20, that's... that's... Yeah, when, when it's that sort of overwhelming number, you think, okay, there's clearly a longer term issue. Yeah, I mean, well. I, I do like to say, I, just say I, I would like to say innocent until proven guilty, but I mean, that is, that's either a massive conspiracy against him or there is something there if you've got overwhelming numbers like that I would say but um, so we'll see where it comes out but I would expect not to hear from Noel Clark for a while mm-hmm. uh, what's, what's the other guy's name his uh, like his, his on screen partner oh his on screen partner, partner in uh, he, he, you mean the, in Bulletproof yeah yeah yeah. Oh. the other guy he works with Ashley Walters has actually come out and made a statement basically saying you know these women need to be listened to uh, you know talking about the fact Noel has been a colleague and a friend for a number of years but but this behaviour is not appropriate and I will strive to make working environments as safe as possible. I mean, so we don't know what's going to happen with Bulletproof. It has been put on hold indefinitely at the moment. Whether they do something to bring that back at some point without Mel Clark, possibly, whether Ashley Walters can continue with somebody else, we don't know. We'll have to wait and see because it had been picked up for a full season, but obviously that won't be happening for now. So that's all the stuff we've been doing this week. Let's move on to some TV and film news. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. So we kick off the TV and film news with the Renault's cancellations and pickups. Uh, first cancellation, The Duchess, which was the Catherine Ryan series on Netflix, has been canned after one season. I uh, didn't see any of that. I quite like Catherine Ryan. This was her sort of sitcom thing, and uh, that apparently didn't find an audience, so that's not coming back. Bulletproof, as we mentioned, is on hold indefinitely for the full season, so uh, that won't be returning for now, if ever. And uh, The Last Kingdom, which is also on Netflix, that is going to be ending after its fifth season, which is, it's not a show that I've watched. I, it's one that I keep on meaning to kind of get into because it's similar to the show Vikings, but sort of from a slightly different perspective. Okay. Uh, yeah. it's, it's more on the English side, I think, than the Viking side is my understanding of it. Like I say, I haven't seen it. What's slightly annoying is it's based on a series of books, and I think there are 12 or 13 books in the series, and the TV show show goes up to I think book 10 so (laughs) they're ending it slightly earlier than the book series which is mildly irritating because the book series isn't an ongoing series it has ended at that final book so you Mm. kind of think they could have given it one more season after this and maybe kind of finished the last few books but uh, no hopefully they found a reasonable place to end it at but uh, that is maybe maybe you can reach that end point in like a different way or or something maybe Um, but uh, hopefully it rounds it off in in a nice enough way we'll have to wait and see 
In terms of renewals, a few renewals from the US. The Young Rock, which is uh, the Dwayne Johnson series, has been renewed for a second season. Didn't quite get maybe the numbers that NBC were hoping for, but let's be honest, are you going to be the exact that has to go to Dwayne Johnson and say you're not getting a second season? So mm, uh, that has yeah. been renewed for a second season. Uh, I've still not made it over here yet, that, but hopefully it will do at some point. And uh, also on NBC, Keenan Thompson's sitcoms Keenan has been renewed for a second season. And uh, Invincible, as I mentioned earlier, that's been renewed for seasons two and three, which I'm very, very happy about. So that will be back. Mm -hmm. We are, of course, heading, as I think I mentioned last week, into the renewals and cancellations period for the US networks. This usually results in a sort of Friday night bloodbath, which I think will probably be the 14th of May at the latest this year, given when all the upfronts are, where the upfronts are when all the networks come in and say, these are all the shows we're bringing back for the next year. So most of the renewals for existing shows will have come in by the 14th of May and uh, most of the cancellations should be in by then. So I did a post up on the website which runs through all the things that have yet to be renewed and cancelled. Just sort of gives you some idea of what shows might be coming back and might be in trouble. Over on ABC, Big Sky, obviously, I think he's perfectly safe. Good Doctor should be fine. Blackish should be okay. Grey's Anatomy, Station 19. They are currently in negotiations for new seasons of that. We don't know what the situations are with those negotiations, but whatever happens, they're going to bring them back for at least one more season. It depends what happens with the cast negotiations, but there is no way they're likely to can Grey's Anatomy without giving it some closure. So they're safe. They are going to come back. Maybe a multi-season renewal. It may not be. We'll have to wait and see with that, but they will be coming back. I'm pretty positive. Rebel, which is the new KT Seagull series. Numbers aren't maybe as good as maybe they'd like, but seems likely that will come back. The Goldbergs, again, numbers are pretty good for that, but it is eight seasons in, so could mm. potentially go either way. The Rookie, which we mentioned earlier, that is sort of a 50-50, maybe slightly higher than that. We think it's probably going to come back, but we're not 100% sure. That could be in a slightly dangerous situation, but I think on balance it's probably going to get renewed. Mixedish, which is the Blackish spin-off, really hasn't found an audience. And I mean, its connection to Blackish might save it for another season, but its numbers are not great. American Housewife, which I think ran on either Dave or one of <laughs> W or one of the channels over here ran that. Uh, that looks like it's not doing particularly well. And For Life, which ran on Sky Witness, I think over here, the uh, Nicholas Pinnock series uh, about the guy who was a, a prison lawyer that has seen a big drop in numbers for its second season unfortunately and it was kind of 50-50 last year and got renewed so I'm not sure whether that's going to end up getting a third season or not. Moving on to CBS they've already given renewals to a whole bunch of things so Bluebirds, Bull NCIS, NCIS New Orleans, Magnum SWAT, Equalizer, FBI FBI Most Wanted, Young Sheldon, they're all being renewed NCIS New Orleans and MacGyver are both already being cancelled and the sitcom Mum which did air over here but then stopped airing over here. That's not continuing after eight seasons. They've brought that to an end. There were a few comedies, which none of which have made it over here, called United States of Al, Be Positive, and The Unicorn, which all look like they're going to be renewed. 
All Rise, which is a legal series which still hasn't made it over here. That looks like it's going to be okay to come back. SEAL Team has me a little concerned. The general consensus is it will probably come back for at least another season, but there have been a lot of posts by David Baranis and other people involved on the show that make me do wonder how safe that is because there are a lot of people involved on the show calling for the renewal of that and they still haven't had a renewal yet. So there may be negotiations going on behind the scenes. The general consensus from a lot of the sites seem to be that that will come back, but its numbers aren't brilliant. And I suspect it's quite an expensive show to produce given that, you know, it involves helicopters and quite a lot of Mm. location shooting. So they could be trying to just figure out how they can do that a bit more cheaply for the next season. That may be what's holding it up. But uh, hopefully SEAL Team will come back because I do really, really like that show. The one that is really struggling on CBS is Clarice, which is the uh, Hannibal Lecter drama without Hannibal Lecter in it, which always seemed like quite a bad idea. But uh, huh? it um, <laughs> follows Clarice Starling post her first experience with Hannibal Lecter. So it's set sort of after Silence of the Lambs, but doesn't have Hannibal Lecter in it anywhere. The one saving grace possibly for this is the person behind it is Alex Kurtzman, who is the person behind all the Star Trek shows. And it may be that they want to keep him sweet and decide to renew it based on that. But based on its numbers, it's a brand new show. It's at the bottom of their ratings. I don't necessarily, unless they decide that Alex Kurtzman is is worth keeping happy, I, I can't see that getting renewed. But we'll have to wait and see for that. Again, that's not one that's landed over here. NBC have uh, already handed out huge renewals to the Chicago franchise. That got a three-season renewal. Law and Order SVU got a three-season renewal. New Amsterdam got a three-season renewal back in last year. So they're all coming back. This Is Us has also got a three-season renewal back in 2019. So that's coming back. Blacklist got renewed in January for another season. So that's back. There is a sitcom called Mr. Mayor that got renewed in March. That's coming back. And then we already know Brooklyn Nine-Nine has got one more season. Superstore, of course, ended this year as well. New Rock and Keenan, they renewed just this week. So they're both coming back. In terms of the other shows, Law and Order Organized Crime, which is the new Law and Order spinoff, it looks like that is probably going to come back. Manifest, which is the wonderfully bonkers plane disappearing and arriving five years later show. I I really like that show. It's great fun. That is kind of sitting mid-table, but it was sort of in that position last year and they renewed it. So I think it's probably okay, but its numbers aren't great. And it has seen the numbers drop again for this season, but that generally happens as shows go on. So uh, hopefully it'll get picked up again, but that that is possibly in a sort of 50-50, maybe slightly above 50-50 space. Shows to be concerned about, uh, Debris, which was the new sci-fi from J.H. Wyman, who created Almost Human, who was a writer on Fringe. It seems to be really slow, that show, and uh, it's not managed to get enough interest in it, really. So it may get picked up, but it's in a really dodgy area. Two bad times for Matt, though. Uh, Good Girls apparently is really not doing well on NBC, although it's saving grace as it does do very well on streaming services. And... Mm. um, it's an NBC show where I think they actually are involved in making it. So it means that they would make money out of it going onto streaming services. So that may save it for another season, but that's not in a great place. And the other thing which is really struggling is Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, which I'm gutted about because I, I love that show. It really struggled with its audience for a second season. It took the lower end of the ratings for it. I'm curious if that's when they moved it to Sunday. Mm. We need to have less American TV on Sunday because there is a lot of it. Yeah. On Sundays, you've got usually like the big HBO drama, you've got like a
like one of the Walking Dead shows and you've got just a dozen other things. Yeah. Um, Because I think when it started this season, it was on a Tuesday, which sounds like a better day for it. Yeah. But the one saving grace it does have is it's kind of similar to The Good Place in terms of tone. And NBC kept The Good Place around due to a lot of the critical and sort of fan love of it. It's possible that that may save it. If they can find a way to maybe reduce the cost a bit, that may keep it on air just because it's a smaller audience, but it is quite a passionate audience for that show. So, which was a similar situation with The Good Place and they kept that around for a numerous season. So it's different and interesting and that may be something that NBC look to rather than just the numbers. You know, if you base it purely on ratings, yes, it probably should be cancelled, but there are other factors that go into that and it may be that that keeps it on air, we can hope. Mm -hmm. So we'll have to wait and see what happens with that, but I know a lot of people are, are quite worried about that show when it comes to looking at a lot of the lists of sort of where people think are sitting. Zoe's is one that is in a very tenuous position right now. I wonder with um, both with Good Girls and with uh, Zoe, I remember saying with, I think it was the third season that like they've probably only got one or two more left. I could see maybe hopefully if they do like a fifth and final season. I mean, obviously I don't know what's going on in this season plot wise yet because it hasn't come over here. Yeah. Uh, and Zoe kind of has that Good Place thing as well of, okay, it's got a great idea, but you can't really make like eight or 10 seasons out of that. Whereas you could make like four or five, like like a shorter amount of seasons. So if they maybe did like did it as like a third and final season mm. with, with Zoe or something, yeah, we'll see. But those aren't like, you know, some of those procedurals where you can have them on for like 10 years. Yeah. It's, got just, it's just got a very specific plot. As good as those two sort of plot ideas are, there's only so long you can actually kind of yeah. do that. So that's kind of what The Good Place did. It only stuck around for like four seasons, um, yeah. but it, it told its story in that time. So. Yeah, I do hope that they renew it and round it off in some way if that is the case. But uh, we'll have to wait and see for that. But that is a worry. Uh, over on Fox, um, the animated shows are doing really well on Fox. So uh, Bob's Burgers, Family Guy, Great North, Duncanville and Simpsons all got new seasons. So uh, they're all coming back. Live action shows did less well. Filthy Rich, which was a, a live action drama about a southern preacher thing, that got hatcheted after one season. Next, which is the sci-fi drama, which I'm quite enjoying. It's running on um, Disney Star over here, but uh, that got canned after one season, although I'm told that rounds off the story reasonably well. Bless the Hearts, which was a comedy as well, also got canned. LA's Finest, which technically was a transplant from Spectrum Originals Network, but uh, that got canned after two seasons, and Tim Allen's Last Man Standing is coming to an end this year as well. So a lot of the live action stuff has gone. In terms of the things that are left over, 911, 911 Lone Star, both I think are very, very safe for returning. They seem to be quite big shows for Fox, so I think they're both okay. The Resident likely to be okay as well on Fox. One thing that sort of seems to be in the middle of the table, uh, Call Me Cat, which is the US comedy that was based on the British sitcom Miranda, stars Mayan Bialik in the lead role as the sort of Miranda character who's called Cat, obviously, in that version. That really doesn't seem to have found as many ratings as it maybe should have done. It's kind of sat mid-table, although Fox has invested quite a lot of money in getting that up and running and, you know, buying the rights in and all that sort of stuff. So that may inspire them to bring it back, but it's really not doing as well as you would have expected. So that could go either way. Shows to be concerned about on Fox, Prodigal Son. Strong launch last year 
year seems to have taken a bit of a nosedive in its second season it's currently one of the lowest rated dramas on the network that doesn't bode particularly well for them bringing it back again so we'll have to see with that but I think Prodigal Son could be in trouble there was a, another drama comedy called The Moody's which starred Janice Leary not actually technically cancelled but Fox pulled it off air with three episodes left which they then bumped to June so that is not coming back technically not cancelled but he does not going to be about that one so out of the things that air over here Prodigal Son will be the thing I would be a bit concerned about that's coming back to uh, the UK fairly soon through its second season and then of course the fluffiest network of the US networks the CW <laughs> uh, which pretty much relude absolutely everything uh, all the Arrowverse shows have been renewed apart from uh, we know Supergirl is ending and we know Black Lightning is coming to an end but they've all been ended by the production company rather than CW so everything else has pretty much been renewed including Superman and Lois we know that's back for a new season uh, out of the other shows The Outpost technically not renewed for another season but they did give it 13 more episodes to its third season so it's on a mid-season break at the moment but that's got okay. more episodes coming for that uh, yeah. Stargirl uh, hasn't returned for its second season yet that comes back in August in the US so that hasn't been renewed for another season because the second season hasn't gone out yet and there is a <laughs> uh, there is a new show called The Republic of Sarah which doesn't begin airing until June so that hasn't got a renewal yet but I, I think it's the CW so I think Stargirl and Republic of Sarah unless anything drastically goes wrong they're all likely to come back the only thing that's actually on air at the moment that hasn't been renewed yet is Kung Fu which hasn't aired over here yet but that's the remake of the uh, old TV show that's been doing phenomenally well so I, there is no way that's going to get cancelled that will be back for a second season it's one of the highest rated shows on the network so uh, that is definitely going to be returning I can't see CW ever cancelling that. That's pretty much the main stuff off the main networks where things mm. sit. So in terms of things that are airing over here, the ones I'd be worried about, Prodigal Son, Good Girls, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, possibly Seal Team, possibly The Rookie, and uh, For Life would be the, the ones that I would be most concerned about, I think. Yeah, it's just the, the three for me there, Prodigal Son, Zoe, and uh, Good Girls. So. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I don't watch that many procedurals, but yeah, Seal Team and The Rookie are two of uh, my favourite ones so I would be sad if they don't make it but hopefully they do well as I say we should know by the 14th of May we should have some idea of uh, everything that's been cancelled and everything that's been renewed and Mm -hmm. uh, then the uh, couple of weeks following that we will get all the announcements of which new shows they've picked up and uh, all that sort of stuff so there'll be a bunch of new sort of mid-May regarding all that stuff in terms of the UK though uh, and pickups Sky have announced all their Arrowverse shows are returning in June 2021 so that's Flash, Supergirl and Legends still no news on Superman and Lois at the moment either way so Sky haven't picked it up yet as far as we're aware that doesn't seem to be the case I think they would have said had they picked it up by now Mm. Um, whether that means they're in negotiations for it I don't know but at the moment are saying there's no news on it so that would say to me that they haven't signed a deal even if they are working on one or it could go somewhere else we don't know Uh, so it's a bit weird that for such a big character like Superman that nobody's swooped it up yeah but then you are having to deal with the sales team at Warner Brothers and they appear to be (laughs) horrifically difficult to deal with so um, I hope that they get it because of course they're losing Supergirl this year so it would make sense it would make sense for Sky to pick that up as a replacement but we'll have to wait and see what happens with that 
Manifest, which we mentioned earlier, that is returning for its next season. That's in July. They've announced uh, Law and Order SVU. That is coming for its 22nd season. That's in June on Sky Witness. That's coming. Prodigal Son season two also coming in June on Sky One. Just announced today that Heels, the uh, Stephen Amell and Alexander Ludwig wrestling drama, that is coming on Sunday, the 15th of August to Stars Play in the UK and Stars in the US and various places around Europe as well. So basically anywhere that there is Stars or Stars Play, that is airing on the same day. They've made that a worldwide premiere. So that is Sunday, the 15th of August on Stars Play UK for us. Great they've done that with that show because I think there's a lot of interest in that, mainly because, you know, it's got Stephen Avil and Alexander Ludwig from uh, Vikings. So, you know, Mm. two popular actors in the lead role for that. So I think that is going to make great people very happy. It looks quite good fun. There is a trailer up on the website for that. In terms of uh, other new shows, Channel 4 has ordered a uh, thing for Christmas, which seems a little early, but it is an animated thing. It's their their big animated thing for this Christmas. It's based on Terry Pratchett's The Abominable Snow Baby, which uh, tells the story of a quintessential English town that is thrown into disarray with a huge snowfall and the dramatic appearance of a 14-foot-tall abominable snow baby. So uh, it's based on a little short story that Terry Pratchett wrote, but that seems like it's going to be quite a cute, fun thing for uh, Christmas this year. So uh, they are working on that. Sweet Tooth, which is an adaptation of a DC Vertigo comic. Uh, it's a broad appeal, family-friendly storybook adventure of Gus, who is a boy who is part deer, part boy, leaves his home in a forest to find the outside world ravaged by a cataclysmic event. He joins a ragtag family of humans and animal children, hybrids like himself, in search of answers about the new world and the mystery behind his hybrid origins. They've announced that the date for that is uh, 4th of June. That is landing on Netflix. So we're uh, about a month to wait for that one but uh, that's called Sweet Tooth it looks like it could be quite a fun one to watch out for and uh, Marvel have found somebody to pen their Ironheart series it is Chinaika Hodge and uh, she will take the role of lead writer this is the series which stars Dominic Thorne from uh, Judas and the Black Messiah and if Beale Street could talk as a genius young inventor who creates the most advanced suit of armour since Iron Man that's the setup for that one so it's sort of she's kind of a young female Iron Man called Iron Heart. So it's based on one of the comic book characters. The uh, writer has worked on Snowpiercer and Apple's Amazing Stories series. So that seems like a fairly solid writer to be behind that. Kind of looks like with that, that Marvel was going to do what I've sort of wanted Walking Dead to do for so long or, or other shows, which is passing the torch. Yeah. Because there is that comic book or whatever, isn't there? That the Young Avengers, which I assume. Yes. Are, and uh, like Spider-Man and Kate Bishop. I think they're all kind of a part of that. I think they are probably heading towards a younger Avengers series at some point whether yeah, it's either yeah. a, well whether it's either a TV series or whether it ends up being a Young Avengers movie I don't know but I think given the amount of younger characters they've put in I think you are going to get to a point where they're going to put them together and make a Young Avengers because they do seem to be collecting you know like you say Kate Bishop Ironheart Miss Marvel the, they seem to be making collection of those younger heroes so I think they're probably they haven't announced anything officially yet but it seems to me that's the next logical step is to make a Young Avengers either series or movie so uh, we'll see but uh, Mm. yeah so they've got a writer for that that's going to be at least 2022 before that one lands it's going to be next year or possibly even 2023 but uh, that's the Ironheart series anyway sticking with superheroes but moving over on to DC they've announced one of the main characters for the Green Lantern series which they're making from HBO Max 
This is a guy called Finn Wittrock, probably best known for American Horror Story in the uh, Ratchet. So he's a sort of member of uh, Ryan Murphy's squad. Um, (laughs) He's going to be playing the role of Guy Gardner, who, uh, if you know Guy Gardner from the comic books, he's actually been around a lot longer than I thought he was, actually. He's been around since 1968, although he was quite dramatically reworked in the 80s, and it's the 80s version of the character, which is really the one that stuck around. So he's sort of this jingoistic, flag-waving, red-blooded, patriotic American kind of male. He's They describe him as being a hulking mass of masculinity as rendered in the comics as an embodiment of the 1980s hyper-patriotism, yet he's somehow still likeable. That's the um, setup for the Guy Gardner character. The series as a whole sounds quite interesting because it's beginning in 1941 on Earth with the first Green Lantern, the secretly gay FBI agent Alan Scott. In 1984, you've then got Guy Gardner and then there are going to be other lanterns sort of moving forward. So it sounds like it's going to be going throughout the lantern history of various different lanterns. You might get Carl Ratner in there. You might get John Stewart in there. I suspect you're probably not going to get Hal Jordan. You Maybe, but I, I suspect they'd probably keep Hal Jordan separate. But we'll have to wait and see what they do with it. But you are going to see some of the other... They've talked about putting some of the newer ones in, like Simon Baz and that sort of thing. So, I mean, there are a bunch of different lanterns you can choose from. Yeah, I think this should be quite interesting coming up. It'll be interesting to see what this is set in. Like, is it DCEU? Is it separate? Is it, you know, rumoured for someone? <laughs> we'll see We'll see how Warner Brothers tries to uh, explain that one or if they'll just throw the word multiverse at us and expect it to sort of, yeah. sort of work. I, I, I don't know. With the Green Lantern Corp, I know, like, some of the characters. I don't know a massive amount sort of about them. Did see the, was it 2011 Ryan Reynolds yeah. uh, film, which a lot of people said they kind of didn't like and stuff. So it'll be cool to have like a more modern, because that was, yeah, 10 years ago, goodness, mm-hmm. um, a more sort of modern, I suppose it would be like a reboot, won't it, yeah. of these characters and, and see how it kind of fits into DC at the moment. What universe that lands in, we'll, we'll find out, I suppose, but uh, that should be interesting. It, interesting to see if they do actually do something with what happened with John Diggle. Or yeah. if that's gonna, or if that's just gonna be like put onto the Arrowverse, I, I don't know. So yeah. that, that's that's an interesting kind of thread. That sort of where are you gonna put that? They've still not resolved that. We do know that Diggle is coming back into the Arrowverse, so they have said they are going to resolve that sort of whatever the green shiny thing, which everybody assumed is probably a Green Lantern ring, but we don't actually know that for yeah. a fact. So it does sound like that's going to be resolved in some way. This show is a Greg Berlanti show, but. They that doesn't necessarily mean it's connected directly to the Arrowverse. It could be part of the multiverse as Stargirl is part of the multiverse as Titans and Doom Patrol are part of the multiverse. So we don't know whether it is going to be disconnected or connected. I, I suspect it won't be connected to the Arrowverse because it isn't a CW show. We'll have to wait and see. But it is Greg Blanty that is one of the people that is involved in it. He's sort of writing and producing it. So we'll see where it connects. But I'm quite excited for them to actually do a Green Lantern series. I think that that yeah, should be quite yeah. good fun i don't know finn wittrock at all as an actor uh, i'd like to say american horror story ratchet he was in uh he was popped up in american crime story as well masters of sex uh all my mm-hmm. children the big abc soap he was in for a while as well i kind of remember him from some of the american horror story seasons i've not seen all of them but i do remember him in in the shows pretty good actor from what i remember so we'll see mm-hmm. how uh, how he fits into the role bottle of red hair dye i think will probably be required for <laughs> that because uh, that's one of the 
signature things about uh, Guy Gardner's character. Okay. So, uh, moving on, The Midwitch Cuckoos, which is a new Sky original drama from David Farr, who was the person that wrote the uh, adaptation of The Night Manager. Midwitch Cuckoos, of course, is a classic science fiction novel by uh, John Wyndham. They've announced the cast for that, which is going to be led by Keely Hawes and Max Beasley, who are two great, great actors. Uh, if you don't know the story, Midwitch is a small English commuter town. Uh, it's liberal, aspirational, has uh, populated by nuclear families and affluent high streets. It's a place where nothing much happens and for a very good reason. This is until the twilight hours of a summer's day when a sleepy corner of Midwitch is plunged into a panic. People pass out on their feet without warning, without reason. Anyone who tries to enter meets the same fate. Nobody can understand why. When the mysterious blackout is lifted, life for those affected returns apparently to normal, except for the fact that every woman of childbearing age inside the zone has suddenly become inexplicably pregnant. As news spreads and tensions simmer, it is up to gifted psychotherapist Dr. Susan Zelby, who's played by Keely Hawes, to help us support those affected through this emotional wilderness. Suzanne's only daughter, who's called Cassie, played by uh, Sivon Carlson, I think her name is, who was in Clique. She has fallen pregnant and harbours a deep concern about who or what is behind the phenomenon. Local officer DCI Paul Kirby, played by Max Beasley, is tasked with maintaining order, but unbeknownst to them all, the terrifying forces building in the comfortable streets of Midwich. These children, potential parasites, flourished under the very love and care that their families give them. Who are these children and what do they want? It's a story which has been turned into uh, films a number of times, so uh, it may sound somewhat familiar, but they are producing this as a series. Keely Hawes, of course, you'll know from a million different things like the Durrells, Finding Alice, Summer of Rockets, Year of the Rabbit. It's a Sin, most recently, which was a spectacular series. She was in that. Max Beasley, of course, was uh, popped up in The Outsider quite recently, but uh, Jamestown, he's been in uh, Empire, Flack, Homeland, Strike Back, a whole bunch of other things as well. A good, solid casting, I think, for that. That looks like it could be quite good. It's going to be an interesting adaptation. I think it's a sort of one-off series. It's not like a, a meant to be an ongoing thing. I mean, although it potentially mm-hmm. could be, but it's not meant to be an ongoing thing, I don't think. Yeah, a lot of good talent attached to it, so we'll see how that goes. Certainly two great actors to uh, bring into the lead. So uh, we don't mm-hmm. know when that's going to land, but obviously they're kind of starting to cast that now. So uh, I'm not sure whether it's shooting yet, but they've got the cast for it. So it will probably be next year sometime, that one. And uh, lastly, there is a potential return <laughs> of the Flintstones. There's an idea which has been put into production by Fox. Uh, it is only a potential series at the moment, but they have actually released a press release, which is not usually what they do when they're announcing potential series. So I, I think they're quite keen on this. It won't be called Flintstones, it'll be called Bedrock. It's kind of meant as a continuation. Catches up with the Flintstone family two decades after the original. Fred is on the brink of retirement and a 20-something Pebbles embarks on her own career as the Stone Age gives way to the shiny and enlightened new Bronze Age. The residents of Bedrock will find this evolution harder than a swim from Bam Bam's club. That's the setup for it. The pilot script is being written by Lindsay Kearns, who is one of the writers on Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous. D. 
species, uh, superhero girls, trolls, the beat goes on. Elizabeth Banks, who is one of the driving forces behind it, is playing the now grown Pebbles and voicing her on the series as well. There was a very mixed reaction to this when I posted it, but I sort of see this working because I think the Flintstones as a series would struggle to come back exactly as it was now because it was always a parody of those sort of sitcoms mm-hmm. um, and those kind of family sitcoms. And I, I think it sort of makes sense making it of a, a kind of a parody of the more modern sitcoms as sort of bedrock. So, it, it, I mean, it's described as an adult animated series that they're doing and that sort of works for me. You know, you think of the things that, I mean, the Flintstones kind of inspired shows like Family Guy, you know, I mean, they make references it to things like Family Guy. It, it was certainly has DNA in The Simpsons and all those other kind of family sort of animated yeah. shows which have a slightly more adult bent. So I, I can see this working. I think this is probably quite an interesting area for it to go into. And to say, we don't know whether it's actually going to arrive, but they seem quite keen on it. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I think it sounds like a relatively interesting idea. I mean, when, when was the last time we had any kind of entry in the Flintstones mm. franchise? I've, I've, I, I mean, I can't remember the last time it was. Yeah, for somebody to kind of look and think like, hey, nobody's done anything with this for quite some time. Instead of just sort of rebooting it or like reviving it, let's put a different idea in there, I suppose, yeah. which almost sounds a little bit like a sort of sequel series because you said one of yeah. the characters is going to be a bit older. So that, that sounds like a decent idea. This really quite appeals to me. I think this is a really interesting idea. And sort of moving from the Stone Age into the Bronze Age, I think it's kind of an interesting idea. Using Fred as, mm. as sort of the older near retirement character, aging up Pebbles to be a 20-something. Yeah, I like the idea of the setup for it. I think Lindsay Kearns, you know, I mean, I know how much you like Camp Cretaceous, so I, and she's mm-hmm. worked on other good things. I know DC Superhero Girls is quite popular and not Trolls, obviously, incredibly popular. So I, th- I think she's a pretty solid writer to be involved with it. Yeah, I'm intrigued to see whether they actually move forward with this, but I, I actually quite like this idea. Uh, I know people are going, sacrilege, you can't do that to the Flintstones, but it's a 60-year-old TV show. I don't think it would work bringing it back exactly as it was, and I think this is an interesting direction to take it in. So uh, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll see. So that's all the news we've got for this week. Now we've got some highlights for next week on TV. <laughs> highlights for next week. Bloods, which is a new comedy series starring Samson K.O. and Jane Horrocks that is coming to Sky One on the 5th of May at 10pm. It's about a couple of paramedic partners in South London ambulance service. I think I saw a trailer for this. Yes. Ambulance comedy. Yeah. It looked fairly interesting. I was going to go and see if it was out, but obviously now I know it's on the 5th. So. Yes. So 5th of May for that. That's what to look out for. There is uh, another one of Fox's big box of cancelled shows. Uh, Cooper Barrett's Guide to Surviving Life follows a character called Cooper Barrett and his friends and family whilst exploring what we all go through on our way to figure out what life is all about. That's coming on the 5th of May at 10pm as well on Fox, but that was a cancelled one-season show, so don't get too attached to it. Coroner, season one of that, which I know is aired on Sky Witness already, but uh, that's if you've not got Sky Witness, coming to more for that's on the 6th of May at 9pm for that. There is a new superhero drama based on the uh, Mark Miller comic books. This is a live action thing. It's called Jupiter's Legacy. That is uh, coming on the 7th of May to Netflix. Uh, That's quite a good comic book. And uh, I'm kind of interested to see what the adaptation is like for that. But uh, that's called Jupiter's Legacy, 7th of May on Netflix for that. 
Fargo season four finally lands in the UK months after the US, but uh, that's coming to Channel 4 on the 9th of May at 10pm. That's the fourth season of Fargo, which stars Chris Rock in the leading role for that. So uh, that will be 9th of May on Channel 4 at 10pm. Snowfall season four, that returns to BBC Two. That's on the 9th of May at 11pm. Men in Kilts finally lands in the UK. That's on the 9th of May on Start Play. That's the uh, sort of travel log series starring Outlanders, Sam Hewen and Graham McTavish as they tour around Scotland, which I know there's a lot of people waiting for that. That is uh, Many Kilts. That starts playing on the 9th of May. And Inside Number 9 returns on the 10th of May at 9.30 to BBC Two. This is Steve Pemberton and Rhys Shearsmith's uh, dark, twisted sort of anthology comedy, all, all to do with things marked with number nine. So uh, that's back for its sixth season and uh, that's on BBC Two, 10th of May at 9.30 that returns and that's everything for this week so uh, if you want to find Matt where can they find you? Find me on entertainmenttalk.org uh, TV, video games films and May United podcasts uh, the game didn't happen yesterday because yes, there was that. a big big protest and uh, the game was going to be played like later but just got completely postponed so uh, we didn't play against Liverpool uh, I don't know when that game's supposed to be rescheduled for it won't, it won't be today so no. we'll see um, but yeah doing other things as well talking about some other TV shows and things as we said before uh, Invincible Review we did as well I did I did also break out for those that haven't seen Invincible Season 1 uh, you know the little conversation we had about Omni-Man Superman and Homelander right, yeah. the fight. I released that as a separate piece which doesn't really have any like spoilers in it so if you're curious okay. about that you can listen to that as well but you can also find me on Twitch at uh, UK. Uh, if you want to watch me play different video games and then if you miss those I put them up later on YouTube uh, which is Entertainment Talk Plays on there so check all that out yeah if you so can. Go and check that out. Uh, go and check Matt out over on Entertainment Talk. Uh, Bex, of course, you can find at uh, twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bites. That's B-Y-T-E-S. She was supposed to be on the show this week, but uh, she's managed to damage her voice. So uh, she's trying to sort of save it because she's got to stream every day. So uh, she's, she will be back on in a few weeks, but uh, she's uh, just trying to limit the amount of time she spends talking. So, uh, you know, <laughs> she's, uh, she's, yeah. she'll be back on in a few weeks. It is her birthday later this week, so uh, go and check her out. It's always fun going to watch her streams. That's uh, twitch.tv, Trista Bites, B-Y-T-E-S. Go and check her out over there. Daryl, of course, you can go and find at hollywoodnorthnews.net as well. That's for all the TV shows that are made and shot in Canada, which is like loads of superhero and sci-fi shows. So go and check out his coverage. It's hollywoodnorthnews.net for Daryl. Gray, you can find on Twitter at uh, Gray the Geek. That's uh, Gray with an A. You can go and find him over on there if you want to follow Gray as well. For us, you can go to the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information. If you want to get in touch with your questions or comments, email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown, and on Instagram at geektownuk. That is everything. We shall see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Hi. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.